What's up, everyone? This is the Queen City Sports Pod. My name is Weston, and today I will be making the case for LaMelo Ball as Rookie of the Year. So it recently came out that LaMelo Ball won Rookie of the Year. It really wasn't even a close race. There was a lot of people on Twitter talking about maybe Anthony Edwards should be the Rookie of the Year, and LaMelo Ball didn't deserve it. I think the big argument against LaMelo Ball was that he missed that time. He did miss 21 games. And the Hornets went 10-11 during that time. That was also another big argument from people that their record was better without LaMelo than it was with LaMelo. We'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, But the main thing for Anthony Edwards was his points per game were very high. Uh, But other than that, it really wasn't that impressive of a season for him. Obviously, as a rookie, He put up great numbers, uh, but he also was the only person on the Timberwolves who has any talent and belongs on a basketball court in the NBA. Uh, That coming from me, an unathletic white guy, so take that for what you will. But LaMelo Ball had pretty much across the board better statistics than Anthony Edwards. Uh, So let's just compare them first head-to-head. So LaMelo had 15.7 points compared to Anthony Edwards' 19.3. So Anthony has him there by 16, 17, 18 math, like three and a half points. Um, And then LaMelo had 5.9 rebounds. This one's surprising. Anthony Edwards only had 4.7 rebounds. As a small forward, he had less rebounds than LaMelo. The game is changing, positionless basketball and all that. But that was still very surprising to me that as a point guard, LaMelo out-rebounded him by 1.2 for the season and then assist LaMelo 6.1 versus Anthony Edwards 2.9 Anthony Edwards is a scorer that's what he does he's a walking bucket he gets buckets period that's what he does so it's not surprising at all that his assists per game are less his steals per games even his blocks per game are less than LaMelo but we all know LaMelo is very opportunistic on defense he's a stat pattern not in a bad way But LaMelo could be out of position, or he's not great on on on-ball defense, but he's very opportunistic, stealing cross-court passes, making chase-down blocks. He's a very opportunistic defender, and he takes opportunities that are given to him. And um, that's what he's really good at on offense and defense. On offense, obviously, he's better. He's got work to do on defense, but he's a rookie. And it's 2021, the NBA is really more focused on offense as it is anyway. And it's pretty much impossible to defend at some points when you can't even touch people. Um, And then overall, LaMelo Ball received 84 first place votes out of 99. So it really was not even close. But you know, people got to argue, analysts got to pay the bills, they got to start up something. But it really was not that close. And then uh, player efficiency ratings... LaMelo had a 17.5, whereas Anthony Edwards had a 13.95. So we'll just round that up to 14. So 14 versus 17.5. For those of you who don't know, the average for PER or player efficiency rating is 15. So LaMelo was 2.5 above that. And Anthony Edwards was basically one below that. So he efficiency-wise, he was below average and LaMelo was above average. So that's another thing LaMelo has them. So, so far, if you're keeping track, Anthony Edwards really only has points. That's all he has on LaMelo is points. And, I mean, if you take into account the points that LaMelo distributed with his assists, 
Anthony Edwards doesn't even really have that. I mean, I don't like people just saying, oh, he gets points because LaMelo also gets points. 6.1 assists per game equates to at least 12 points, Um, whereas Anthony Edwards got three assists per game. I mean, if you want to go down that road, getting the team points ultimately is the most important thing, and LaMelo was better at that than Anthony Edwards. Now, Anthony Edwards could do it by himself better, better ISO player, uh, but he's a worse three-point shooter. He took more attempts on LaMelo and got less. Um, and, I mean, obviously LaMelo is, just had a better season. It's not to say that LaMelo is a better player. Anthony Edwards is going to have a worse career. As you've seen before, these rookie seasons, sometimes they work out to be awesome. Sometimes they don't. But the sports writers, take that for what you will, uh, about 85% of them said that LaMelo was the better player. And I tend to agree with him for all those reasons stated above. Um, And then the one big thing that the Anthony Edwards crowd really put forth, let's squash this one in the bug in the, just before it even gets started, the record. Uh, So the, don't know where this one's coming from because the Timberwolves record this season was 23 and 49. Whereas the Hornets were uh, basically 500 uh, so they were had a better record. And the case is that the Hornets were 10-11 without LaMelo and 23-28 and 28 with LaMelo. So they were actually better without him. Um, and honestly, the teams that they beat, most of the season, the Hornets trended the same way. They beat the teams they were supposed to beat, like the Pistons, the Magic, etc. And sometimes lost to the Cavs. And they didn't beat the teams they were not supposed to beat. That's basically what it came down to. I mean, I calculated it out and the average teams that they beat had a record around 44% win percentage. And the teams they lost to had an average of like 56, 57 win percentage. And that was the same with or without LaMelo. So, I mean, take that for what you will, but as a fan who watched the Hornets, they are infinitely better with LaMelo on the floor. They move the ball better. They get the ball in the basket. They distribute better. They're more active on offense. They're more active on defense. Honestly, he has a high basketball IQ. Um, So many game-changing plays throughout this season. Uh, But let's stay with the facts here. I'm getting a little off track because LaMelo is personally my favorite player to watch right now. Uh, But with uh, And also win shares. Uh, for those of you who don't know, win shares is just basically the amount of wins they got because they had that player. Uh, to put it in perspective, LeBron James' win shares are 5.6 last season. LaMelo Balls was 2.8. And Anthony Edwards was 0.8. So LaMelo was responsible for a full two more win shares than Anthony Edwards. And the league average, to put that in perspective, again, LeBron James, 5.6 win shares. LaMelo... 2.9, or the average for the NBA, 2.9. LaMelo, 2.8. Anthony Edwards, 0.8. And also, I thought this was interesting. Anthony Edwards' defensive win shares, negative 0.6. So they actually did worse defensively when Anthony Edwards was on the floor. I guess that walk and bucket comment, you know, it gives and it takes. But I will say the offense is more important in today's NBA, and it mostly has been since the late 90s. So. That's always going to be a bigger focus. Now that we've kind of compared them head to head and we've gotten, oh, also with the record thing that a lot of Timberwolves fans like to bring up, 
the big thing is that last season in 64, 65 games, or maybe it was, yeah, something like that, uh, the Timberwolves won 19 games. This season with Anthony Edwards, 23 games with 72 games played. So they actually had eight more chances and got four more wins with Anthony Edwards. Um, so if you average that out, that's worth like one more win than they would have gotten last year if they would have played as many as 72 games. So eight more games. Um, last year, their win percentage was around 0.3. This year is around 0.31 or 0.32. So it's really nominal difference. Um, and the Hornets wasn't much of a difference either. Um, and then also another thing to think about with LaMelo and record is that when he came back from injury, Gordon Hayward was not there. Gordon Hayward had been hurt. He was out for the season because he's got glass bones and paper skin. But either way, he was out. One of his best players that he got a lot of his assists from, really created for him, was out. And Gordon Hayward is one of the only people on the team who can create for himself, other than I would argue maybe Terry and Miles Bridges when he's not feeling down on himself. I mean, there were times when Miles couldn't, but we'll leave that there for now. Maybe talk about that another time. But so all of those things considered, I just don't see where Anthony Edwards is getting any MVP love that, or not MVP, rookie of the year love. That makes absolutely no sense to me. I think it's just for argument's sake. So now that they want to make the argument, then I'll make this argument. And obviously I'm right because LaMelo won. <laughs> and 84 out of 99 voters who actually have the power to pick a rookie of the year agreed with me. So let's also compare these players to other rookie of the year candidates or rookie of the year winners from the past basically modern NBA. So late 80s, early 90s through current year. So basically the last 30 or so. Rookies of the Year, um, some interesting ones on here that I've forgotten about. Ameka Okafor, what the heck was that about? I mean, oh my goodness. He had a great rookie season. I mean, 15.1 points per game, 10.9 rebounds, 0.9 assists. I mean, you really have to consider that Ameka Okafor was really about to be the truth for the Charlotte Hornets, and then he just fell off. I think it was injury history or whatever, but he just cannot stay healthy and ended up being a whole lot of nothing. Um, I just thought that was interesting. That was the last rookie of the year, I think, that Charlotte had, and that was back in 2004, 2005. So been about 15 years. I feel a lot more positive about the future of LaMelo than I do Ben Simmons. Uh, but there are some interesting stats Two, in comparison to other rookies of the year who have been with or who have won rookie of the year in the past 30 years or so. Uh, so how they stack up um, points per game, it's really kind of a wash. I mean, Anthony Edwards is obviously higher on that list, but neither one of them, let's just say this, neither one of them are really that special. When it comes to any of these stats, so points per game, Anthony Edwards was 13th out of like 34, and Mello was 31st out of 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 37 total. So 
Lamelo was 31st out of those, so he wasn't the worst, wasn't the best. And the ones behind him were not in the last 15 years so since people have really started being able to score with the freedom of movement and focus on offense. Uh, Lamelo is the worst out of the like past 15 years, and then Ben Simmons is right in front of him. And then Melo was 18th in rebounds, and Anthony Edwards was 26. Melo was 12th in assists. Anthony Edwards was 25th. Steals, whatever, blocks, whatever. Field goal percentage was very interesting. Both of them were pretty good um, as far as field goal percentage goes. So Anthony Edwards was third from last. The only people below Anthony Edwards on field goal percentage, though this is good company to be in. Allen Iverson, Michael Carter-Williams, I mean, eh. And then Jason Kidd. So those three players were the only ones who had a worse field goal percentage. And they also had this similar team to Anthony Edwards in which they were trying to do it all, and they were the only scorer on their only competent scorer on their offense. And then Melo at 436 for field goal percentage is like 10th or 12th from last. So nothing special, nothing too awful. He's right there. Put it in perspective with Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins was 437. LaMelo Ball is 436. Mike Miller is also at 436. Kevin Durant is at 430. Chris Paul's at 430. So he's in good company. And I think it says a lot with both of these players that these Rookie of the Year awards, you know, they're all over the place. They're by a bunch of writers who have their own agendas, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, it's it's whatever. And then three-point percentage, they were both pretty good. Uh LaMelo Ball was eighth, basically, overall, with a 352. Then Anthony Edwards was pretty much in the upper middle, like 15th or so. And then win shares, they were both near the bottom. And by near the bottom, I mean Anthony Edwards, if he would have won the Rookie of the Year, which was not going to happen by any means, he would have been at a 0.8 win share, which is the worst out of everyone, right below Michael Carter, Andrew Wiggins, and Kevin Durant. And then right above Kevin is LaMelo Ball. So he's fifth from last. So neither one of them was really bringing in the win shares. The top of the win shares category, not surprising. David Robinson in 89-90. Tim Duncan in 97-98. Pretty sure they won a ship that year. I think that might have even been a shortened season too. So 12.8. I'm not exactly sure how win shares are calculated, but I feel like that's pretty insane. And then Chris Paul, Shaquille O'Neal, Blake Griffin, Ben Simmons, Larry Johnson, etc., etc. So yeah, um, that's all the players. And then who is comparable to these? Do a Lamelo Ball? Let's talk about that. So other players who have won the Rookie of the Year who are comparable to Lamelo Ball. There's some pretty good comparisons here. Nothing's perfect, but. Um, there are a couple of comparable ones. So as far as points go, Ben Simmons and LaMelo Ball had about the exact same points. Ben Simmons, 15.8. LaMelo Ball, 15.7. Um, and then that's where the comparisons end because uh, Ben Simmons really kicked the crap out of him everywhere else. So Ben Simmons had two more rebounds, two more assists. So just a better overall rookie year for Ben Simmons. Uh, but more comparable people, I think. Even point guards. So Michael Carter-Williams would be a comparable point guard slash even person to 
LaMelo Ball's rookie year. So he averaged 16.7 points when he won the rookie of the year. He averaged 6.2 rebounds and then 6.3 assists. So a little bit better across the board, but nominal on rebounds and assists and then a full point above. And then someone else who's also comparable who I get kind of excited about this comparison because it's 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 honestly very... It's in the ballpark. They're completely different types of players. It's Derrick Rose. I mean, Derrick Rose, uber athletic, just insane athletic ability, was really more of a driving point guard, dunks and fast break, stuff like that, score first point guard. Full point above LaMelo, but uh, two full rebounds below Melo, and then um, point two assist above so he's in the same ballpark there Melo kicked the crap out of him on rebounds and then Derek Rose got him in points and assists but very different play styles but pretty similar stats and then Brandon Roy is also there um, Melo had a little bit better season than he did when he got it uh, so yeah but, so what it really comes down to honestly is that this just was not that impressive of a year as far as statistics go and team success goes, I mean, none of the top guys drafted were on teams that were that good. So you can't really make the record case for anyone. If you want to make the stats case, I mean, it's still LaMelo all the way. His stats were by no means historic or at the top of the finish line for that does not make sense. I'm sorry. At the top of the at the top of the pack by any means, but Anthony Edwards was even lower than that. Um, the only two arguments I've seen against Lamella really are games played because Anthony Edwards played 18 more games than Lamello Ball. And then um, really it's the record thing. The record thing is pretty null. The games played, if you want to make that argument, I get it. Anthony Edwards had more total points, more total rebounds, assists, whatever. But I mean, if longevity is the argument that you're going to make, I mean, I think that is kind of a reflection of the weakness of the rest of your arguments. Because anytime, like even for like a Hall of Fame bid, if you have to make the long- longevity argument for a Hall of Fame bid, um, typically that's because the other parts of the pedigree are a little bit weaker. Like someone like Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Obviously, they've both had a lot of success, but a lot of people still consider Michael Jordan the best, even though LeBron James has had a longer career more sustained success. MJ took a couple years off there in the middle. Um, I mean, longevity, it's nice, but honestly, it's more about quality of play. If they were at a higher quality of play during the time that they were there and they played most of the season, I don't think that should matter. Obviously, I'm very biased. I'm from Charlotte. Melo is my favorite player. And Anthony Edwards, I honestly did not watch a single Timberwolves game all year except for the ones against the Hornets. So take that for what you will. Obviously very biased and not completely educated, but I tried to get as much education as I could. And one exciting thing for the Hornets, I mean, there's a ton of exciting things going on, but especially with Melo, but one really cool thing, the other 19-year-olds to win the Rookie of the Year, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Andrew Wiggins, we'll leave that one out. Um, And then Luka Doncic. So all the other 19-year-olds who have won it have gone on to be very successful. Other than Andrew Wiggins, I mean, he's kind of making a comeback. He's 
kind of become a journeyman. I think he's been on three different teams at this point now. So if you count the Cavs, I think it was in, it was the Cavs he was drafted by. That's when they were trying to get LeBron, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's some really great company for Melo to be in. And I think it's pretty obvious that he is going to be the future of the Hornets. And I think that this is all these stats, all of this information, really what it comes down to is that LaMelo was the clear-cut Rookie of the Year winner in a weaker class of Rookie of the Year candidates. I mean, you really only had two people to make that case for, and one of them, it was points and longevity versus overall performance. Um, And I think that overall performance went out, as it should have. And I don't think that there's any really good case against LaMelo outside of those two things. And I don't even think those are good cases. I think I kind of broke those down as we went through here. Uh, But I think it's very interesting that those are the only two things that I've heard. I mean, there also was, I saw something on Twitter where one person was comparing their stats once Mello came back versus Anthony Edwards stats. And I don't think that that's a fair comparison either because the play style that LaMelo has one, he was still hurt when he came back. You could tell his jumper was not the same. His Nothing about his game was the same. He wasn't in shape as much. I mean, you can get cardio as much as you want, but you're not going to get in game shape until you're actually playing games. And his wrist was still aggravating him. You could tell. Um, there was one play in particular I remember watching where he hit his wrist against the backboard. Maybe it was the Wizards or... I can't remember. It was in the last like six, eight games. He hit his backboard or he hit his wrist against the backboard and he had to leave and he was holding his wrist. You could tell it still had stiffness, tightness. It was still aggravating him. It was still sensitive. So he definitely was not the same player. If he can stay healthy and he can get healthy, I think if he puts on some weight this summer, he puts on 10 pounds maybe. Um, he's six 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 seven. You never really know how tall they actually are, but he's around six 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 seven. And he's a point guard. He's very lanky. I mean, I don't even know how much Lamella weighs, but he is lanky AF. And I'm not going to look up his weight, but he is super lanky. So I think if he bulks up a little bit, it's not so thin. He won't be so fragile because I know he's played pro before, but it's a much softer game in Australia and Lithuania than it is in the NBA when you're banging around with 250-pound, foot ten dudes. And he also likes to get in the paint. So he's either shooting in the middle or shooting three-pointers. So one way or the other, he's trying to get those because of analytics, no mid-ranges. But I wish that he would stop shooting floaters. Totally tangent. Floaters are one of the lowest percentage shots in basketball, and he continues to shoot those. He has success with them, but honestly, I think he would have more success if he either A, just drove to the basket, or B, just set up for a mid-range shot. I think ultimately that would be what works best for him. Um, And then Melo also was one of only a few players. I don't remember exactly how many. It was like 15 players who have gone 15, 5, and 5. 15 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. Um, So that is another historic thing that he did that Anthony Edwards cannot say that he did. And then he also was, he set the record for youngest triple-double, which, I mean... Russell Westbrook, LeBron James. I mean, obviously that's not the greatest thing. It doesn't really mean that much, but it's still really cool. And the person he beat was Markel Fultz. So 
I mean, I don't really know what that says about LaMelo's future success. If there's one thing you can take away from all this, it's that none of it equals future success. But it's still nice to get some recognition. I think that Charlotte has not had a player like LaMelo since, honestly, I can't even remember a player creating this much buzz for Charlotte. No pun intended. Uh, But a lot of the other teams are getting frustrated. A lot of the other fans are getting frustrated because it's mellow this, mellow that, mellow this. When Charlotte has literally been blacked out by all media for the past 20 years. So I don't really want to hear it, honestly. Even when they had Kimba, it just was whatever. And I don't think that Charlotte is a small media market. I just think that they get ignored because they're in the Southeast. And they're not in the Northeast where New York, New Jersey... Boston, those markets are, and they're not in the West, California, Los Angeles. I obviously know California is a state in Los Angeles city. I'm just saying places out West that are getting that kind of publicity. And the great thing about LaMelo is that he is bringing that publicity. I love every single time. It gives me so much satisfaction when I see a fan of another team complaining because LaMelo is on another highlight. LaMelo is getting posted about again and i will admit some of the things they post about totally ridiculous like he he could pass it to terry terry could do a 360 windmill double flip somersault dunk and they would still be like what a great pass from Lamelo." honestly i don't even care because i'm just glad that for once charlotte is getting some kind of publicity the hornets are getting some kind of publicity that isn't some guy taping himself to a billboard because they haven't won two games in a row you know, those are the types of things we're trying to avoid now. And if you went to a Hornets game this year, I got to go to one and I watched a bunch of them. They are more exciting than they have ever been. And that is because of LaMelo. There's no other reason. I don't care about any of the stats I just shared. Obviously, they're great. But the main thing that I care about is that the Hornets are fun to watch again. They made basketball fun again in Charlotte. And basketball has not been this fun for Charlotte since... Muggsy Bogues, honestly, like since the 90s when Michael was reigning supreme. It's honestly the greatest feeling ever to see a Hornets game and watch it. And even if they lose, I'm still going to get a lot of highlight plays. It's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to get up and down the court, and it's going to be a fun time. And I think that if they get the stadium experience fixed, then we can really have a special thing here in Charlotte, especially with LaMelo. If they get him some help, that's great. But I think as far as fan experience goes, they need to fix that. I'll talk about that at some other time. But I think I just think the fan experience in Spectrum is very antiquated. But I think that it's getting there because of LaMelo. I think the social media team is doing a great job promoting them. Him and Miles Bridges make a great team. I mean, Miles is so athletic, can jump out of the gym, stays healthy, is just insane vertical and athleticism and i think that pairs really well with lamello but i do want to see you know lamello getting more efficient he's got to work on that jumper i don't know if it was because his wrist was hurt at the end of the season or if it was just because he was losing his shot but his shot was very inconsistent especially his three-point jumper especially at the end of the season that is something that he needs to work on his passing is a plus plus doesn't need to work on that at all that's what comes naturally to him Reminds me of a lot of a Ben Simmons type of player with with a little bit less size and a little less rebounds. But I think that 
LaMelo can be very successful if he gets that jump shot consistent. That's the main thing is the scoring efficiency. He would score 18 points on 17 shots sometimes. And, you know, you see that out of a rookie. It's very common, high usage rate, low low efficiency. It's not unheard of. It's very common. You know, Anthony Edwards, same way, very low efficiency. Um, I don't think that either of those players are something to worry about. I think they're both going to have very successful careers. Uh, but LaMelo needs to work on that jump shot. And also finishing. There were so many times last year where he missed five or six layups where I think that if he would have just been more aggressive, gone for dunks, or um, just stayed on the side he was on, because I feel like a lot of time he was doing like the the Jordan switch in midair where he goes from his right to his left and trying to overthink it a little bit. Um, and I think teams have scouted him this summer. They're going to see that. They're going to cover those extra passes. I mean, some of those passes, doesn't matter who you scout, who you put on him, you're not going to stop. But ultimately, I think that the biggest thing is that LaMelo needs to get better at his shot and also his um, his finishing around the rim. Since those are the two shots he takes the most, they're the two most efficient as a rookie, but I think that if he works on those, he will be good. And if the Hornets give him a center that he can alley to, oh my God, Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan version two, if they can get him a dang center, there's been some trade rumors. We'll talk about those later, some other podcasts, but it's been, it's going to be really exciting to see what the future of the Hornets looks like because of LaMelo Ball. I'm excited for their future because of him. And I think this is the first time that a lot of people are. And this is the first time a lot of people have tuned into the Hornets. And it's because of him. And I just hope he freaking stays. Because I'm already thinking about if the Hornets don't get him the pieces they want, when he's going to ask for a trade. But he seems pretty chill. Charlotte's a good match for him personality-wise too. But yeah. Thanks for listening, guys. I'll talk to you later.